everyone. I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. A testimony of your story for His glory. With a couple of sticks, coffee cans, and a dream, my next guest would soon realize that dreams really do come true. But how? How does a child abandoned by his father at six months of age, raised by a mother in abject poverty, and with six other siblings barely surviving, quote, make it anywhere, sleeping in a dilapidated trailer on a good night, and an equally dilapidated car when there was no room in the trailer, or the 23 moves when there was an apartment because of too many kids. Hence, no roots, no hope, no money, and against all odds, a dream fulfilled. Add humiliation and shame. My next guest would do whatever it took to, quote, rise above the depths of his despair including a job as a custodian in the high school he attended, while his classmates watched and jeered in disdain. Rejected, humiliated, unloved, unwanted, but ladies and gentlemen, not forgotten. By the God created him, nor the incredible gift God gave him, the future he now has because Zorro chose to soar and not be defeated by life's circumstances. Ladies and gentlemen, would you welcome to Testimony, world-renowned drummer, best-selling author, motivational speaker, ordained minister and founder of Zorro International Ministries, and so much more, his latest must-read, Soar, You Were Meant to Live for So Much More. I give you, drumroll, Zorro. Zorro, welcome to Testimony. Well, what an awesome, that may be the best introduction. No, I'm going to say that is the most compelling introduction anyone has ever given me before a radio interview. So thank you for the depth of the research that you did to put that together. You really encapsulated my story so well. So thank you. That, that was amazing. Well, you are worthy of that and so much more. First of all, I do want to acknowledge our mutual good friend, Holly McClure, for introducing us at this year's NRB in Orlando. Her own story is amassed with interviews from some of today's top celebrities, of which you are one and of which you have been a part in your own right. But before we get to all of this, Zorro, in part one of our two-part conversation, would you take our listeners back to that day, your early days, how you came to faith in Jesus Christ, and then let's segue into what you are doing to now, which is powerful, impacting, life-changing. Zorro, please tell us your story. Well, it all it all goes back to my mother. Her name was Maria, and like you said, she had this incredible job of raising seven children in abject poverty without a father. But what she had was tremendous faith, and uh, I saw that faith exemplified uh, daily in our life, and she loved Jesus. And she was from Mexico City. She was an immigrant, but she had uh, grown up speaking English all of her life. I was born here in the United States. The older four children were born in Mexico. So 
but she grew up Catholic, but she demanded that we go to church, and she had just a real, simple, childlike faith. I wouldn't call her a Bible scholar, uh, but every single day she prayed, and she prayed for us and told us about Christ. I think by around five or six, I kind of already felt the presence of God, I don't know how, um, maybe even before she started telling me about it, but I just felt it. And um, when I was about 10 years old, we moved from South Central Los Angeles, which was known as Compton, and then eventually we moved to Oregon, the hills of Grants Pass, Oregon, the mountain town. And when we arrived in Oregon, we started going to Catholic churches. Then when we moved out in the country, we began to go to a Baptist church. And the Baptist summer church camp that they sent me on was where I officially sort of receive Christ as my Savior, where you walk up to the altar and make the commitment, although I'd already felt faith long before then. And so I guess you can say that the Lord just really had his hand on me. I was always a, a, a loquacious boy, always anxious to talk, lots of things to say, but I was a very tender-hearted boy. And uh, when I felt God call me up to the altar, you know, I went up there weeping, and, and then my mother would sit me in front of the television every time Billy Graham would come on. We would be, you know, all around the television watching him and I would get saved again and again and again make sure I always <laughs> wanted to make sure I was saved <laughs> right. so I'd walk, I'd walk up to the TV and lift my hands up and, you know I, I just wanted to make sure that, that I was with him you know and so that's kind of how it all began and I've been on an incredible journey he's never left me he's never forsaken me uh, and it's been uh, it's been you know a struggle like anybody else's life but he has pulled me out of the miry clay and made a life out of it. So talk to our listeners about those two sticks and those Folgers coffee cans. <laughs> when did you know you wanted to play the drums as a profession? I think I, I, I knew that I was attracted to rhythm very early on. Uh, living in the, the streets, and growing up in the 60s, late 60s in South Central L.A., uh, and what was big on the radio those days was a lot of soul music. And in those days, it was like Motown was huge. And Motown was like, you know, Marvin Gaye and the Four Tops, the Supremes, the Temptations, Diana Ross. You know, and I grew up with an intoxicating doses of soul music just in my environment, in my area, and the radio. So but that was very rhythmic music. And, uh, and I grew up around a lot of gospel that my mother loved like Frank Sinatra and Big Band and Mexican mariachi music. But I grew up around a lot of music, but I was probably by seven or eight, I was already trying to make little uh, little drum sets out of the garbage that was, you know, in the neighborhood. So I would use like almond roca cans, candy out of it, empty canisters, oatmeal boxes, Tupperware. And then I just kind of put a little makeshift drum set together on the street with my, and play it with my hands and just kind of, I didn't have any drums, I didn't have any drumsticks, I didn't have any equipment. And so that's kind of how it all began. And I would put, you know, the transistor radio on and hear all the funky music, and then I'd jam on the streets. Then the next <laughs> level of that was I was uh, in fourth grade, and I remember there was a talent show that was coming up, and I wanted to be in it. <laughs> I was a little bit of an audacious kid, because to be in a talent show playing an instrument when you don't have an instrument is audacious to begin with. They had this little band, and... and then I played guitar, I played the bass, and somebody sang. And I said, well, I can play the drums. I want to be in this band. And they said, do you have any drums? I said, no, but I've got this big Maytag refrigerator uh, uh, box, this empty box, and I'm going to make that a drum set. <laughs> and so I literally played the talent show 
with a Maytag refrigerator box. I sat behind it in one of those school chairs, and I just banged on it with my hands. I wish I had the video footage of that. I mean, I wish somebody had filmed that. I would love to see just how crazy I was to think that I could do this. And uh, But that's how I started. So I, I, it's like one of those things where, you know, where God just told Moses, you know, what's in your hand? You know, use use whatever you have. That's all I have right. was a box. And, uh, and I started with that. And shortly after that, then my mother bought me. She saw this drumming interest, and then she bought me from the Sears catalog a Mickey Mouse drum set for $9.99. And it was my first sort of, but it was a toy. It was not really a real drum set. It was like a, like a kid thing, you know, a toy with paper heads. And, and, uh, and it came with a little set of, you know, babyish kind of sticks. But it was really cheesy. I mean, I destroyed it in, in one afternoon, Christmas afternoon. But it still got me closer to, like, drums. And then I wouldn't really get a real set until about another six years later. Uh, but that's kind of how it all started. And, and I would daydream a lot, you know, as a boy. I would, I would daydream of being a drummer. And, and uh, you know, I could fantasize and imagine myself on the big stages. Of course, it, it was crazy because there was nothing to justify it. I didn't even have any drums took lessons or had a teacher, but God made me kind of a dreamer. Uh, he always made me like a Daniel. Like many things in my childhood that I dreamt of or that I wrote out in my diary became a self-fulfilled prophecy. Many of those things end up happening. So mm -hmm. I don't know what you call that. It's a combination of him instilling a dreamer in me and then me cooperating by believing it was possible. Exactly. Well, clearly the gift of God was in you at a very early age, and you recognized it. You were determined. You didn't give up. You had that love, and that love comes from God. I love that scripture, Zorro, that says every good gift and every good thing comes from God. And clearly, God's hand was on you at a very early age. So, how hard or easy was it? in a remaining time for this first segment of your testimony, was it for you to not only break into the profession, but play with now some of the greatest R&B musicians in the world and traveling all over the world? I would say that it was, uh, you know, extremely difficult. Um, but, you know, like I said, I was a dreamer. I just believed everything was possible. There's a Mark Twain quote that sort of sums me up very well, and it's, all that's needed is ignorance and confidence, and with that, success is assured. <laughs> and I, I love that quote because I was so ignorant that I believed it was possible, but I was also just confident enough to go for it. I was too ignorant to know how impossible it really was, but I was never an arrogant kid. Uh, I'm right. still not arrogant. I was, I was confident. One of the things when you grow up without a father um, Larry King and Anderson Cooper were once uh, doing an interview together, and they, I had not known this about them, but they had both lost their fathers early on for different circumstances. Hmm. They grew up sort of fatherless. And they, they said a quote that I'd never heard before. They said, the fatherless child thinks that all things are possible and that nowhere is safe. And, and as soon as I heard that quote, I was like, that's totally me. I get it. It's just, it's totally me. I thought because I didn't have a father, there was no ceiling. So everything was possible. I had to make up my own, my own vision, my own dreams. There was nothing to look at to say how low or high you could go. And then also, because you don't have a father, and the father represents a protector, you never feel safe because no one's ever protecting you and no one's ever protecting your mother. 
was supposed to be your father. So I never felt safe anywhere, and I was always suspect of people from that not having a protector. But I also, on the plus side, I also believed everything was possible, and I had very childlike faith. So I just went for it. And, of course, God God did his part. He had already equipped me with the gift and the talent. The one thing I've learned is you cannot give yourself a, a talent for something. You can only recognize it and develop it. But he had, you know, I can't make myself rhythmic. You know, that, that came from him. But I can partner with him, and I was a very diligent, hard-working kid. Uh, it was relentless and just practice every spare second of the day. And uh, I was the kind of kid that would just get in ingro- Whatever I got into, it was going to be 250%. You know, I was, I was all or nothing. And so I was in. Amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to world-renowned drummer, motivational speaker, and best-selling author and founder of Zorro International Ministries, his latest great read, Soar. You were meant to live for so much more. You can learn more about Zorro's work, ministry, and mission by visiting zorroministries.org and get his book, Get Inspired, and get the hope you need to achieve your God-given dreams. Zero, it's been an absolute joy having you share just a little of your story. So powerful, impactful, and encouraging. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. Thank you so much, Jensen. It was an honor to share a slice of my life with your listeners. I hope they get inspired and go out and do what God called them to do. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D dot com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony. Testimony.